whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here. And I didn't even know what I was going to talk about today, I'll be honest, but I don't know why because so much happened yesterday. <laughs> so much happened, particularly yesterday evening. I had a really I had a good day. I got to rest a little. I got to get an interview with a really cool show that I'll might post later. Uh but I had a couple of significant things happen. Right, it was significant. I think that it was right during prayer meeting, as well. Uh, I started in prayer meeting, but then I was elsewhere. Uh, first of all, uh, just a few minutes in, I was able to to meet with a friend. There was a friend who really was had maybe gotten a little bit away from her faith and had was wanting to come back to the Lord. Was wanting to be renewed. Was wanting to be find a way out of the situation she had got herself in, and we. Were, you know, I saw her when she came. We wept together. We wept together. And um, I remember thinking I, I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. So I just, the only words that kept coming out of my mouth is that God loves you. Do you know how loved you are? Do you know how loved you are? Do you know how loved you are? Um, sometimes that's my default because when is that a bad thing to say, you know? <laughs> when is that a bad thing to say? But I think in that case, it was really the appropriate right thing to say. Um, when people are feeling in the depths, sometimes that's just the most honest, important, powerful truth. God loves you so much. You you were loved. You're not alone. You're loved. You're not alone. And um, just talking through that, um, still not sure. The greatest wisdom that I can give to help, I want to help. I'm praying for wisdom to see if I can help figure out some of these things. Um, but, uh, that was pretty significant. And right about at the same time, I found out two hours later, uh, my cousin passed away from COVID complications. I've had a whole lot of people that I know, um, actually die from COVID. A few people had close calls or were in the hospital, but this is probably pretty much the, the closest thing closest one to me who's died of it. He is, was my favorite cousin. I have a lot of cousins and I don't even mind saying he's my favorite. He had Down syndrome. I have no doubt that he had the love of the Lord in him and that he shared it with everyone he saw. He was just a very special, special person, Bobby, Bobby Hunter. Uh, he could do splits, those really painful looking kinds. <laughs> not, I'm not talking about the scissors. I'm straight out to the left and the right, probably up until the point he went to the hospital. He was a dancer. He loved life. He loved joy. And he was, I mean, he was love. He was just this big, well, short, <laughs> short, short, round ball of love and joy. And I have, I'm processing that now and that I hadn't seen him in a while. Um, his presence will be missed by those who are around him. And, uh, yet he's out of pain and He's enjoying life in heaven, I'm sure, with his father and our grandfather. And um, same scripture, 
comes to mind for both of them. Love, just love. It's not a really new concept. It's about as old, an old, old a concept as the book, literally. And I thought of that scripture that everyone always points to for a good reason. That's John 3.16. It might sound a little bit different in this version. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. And almost at the exact same point within minutes, there was someone who knew she was perishing in her ways. She was just withering away and wanting to look to Jesus to bring life and that the word love. And, and my my cousin was dying but being born into eternal life because of the love of God in him. But one of the things that sometimes there's context um, that we don't read in the scripture, and we know this very famous verse comes when a man of the law, a man of the ruling council, Sanhedrin, came to Jesus. He came to him privately, even though he was a ruler or a part of the ruling council, and even though he was an authority. He was scared because the authorities didn't like Jesus, and he thought Jesus might be might, this guy might be onto something. So he came to him at night, and um, Jesus taught him a few things. Nicodemus was a teacher of the law, but Jesus schooled him as Jesus often did and still does. But just before it, verses fourteen to fifteen, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. We never really, I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever heard a sermon that really described that. Um, this is a very, uh, would be a f familiar reference for Nicodemus, a teacher of the law. But um, we may not know it. So what this is referring to is Numbers 21. It was the children of Israel in the wilderness. They got a little antsy because they didn't like the way God was delivering them. They wanted things quickly. They wanted things their way. Um, and so they kept speaking up against God. I'm not just talking about... Um, I'm not just talking about, you know, God... I'm frustrated with you. Um, said the speak, people spoke against God and Moses. This is Numbers 21, starting 5. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. So God just keeps saving them over and over and over again, and all they're doing is complaining and speaking up against him. And I might say even to the point of like blasphemy to just speaking against what he's done and his spirit in him. Said then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that the many Israelites died. People came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it up on a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. That's uh, Numbers. 21 up through verse 9. So let's see the parallels here. I mean, serpent, 
Satan often, the serpent is often a representation of Satan from the Garden of Eden on. I don't think that's, um, that seems pretty clear there. But um, it's funny that serpent at this point was also a representation of Christ. Isn't it funny how God can take back anything? I mean, a serpent is a serpent. <laughs> what indwells in it, that's what makes the difference. You know, what empowers it. Uh, a staff is a staff. It's, I mean, Moses carried a staff and did some amazing wonders with it. But without the power of God, it was just a stick, you know. But the serpent, people sinned. People specifically turned from the very God who was feeding them, literally feeding them. And honestly, their very breath, because that's what God is, our very breath. And then he, when Moses lifted up this thing of God, this thing that God anointed, looking to it, saved them from the death that they had caused themselves. These serpents weren't there on accident. These serpents were there as a consequence of their own sin. They deserved to die. But when Moses lift up this thing of God that God had anointed, they lived. They were still bit. Because they'd still done some really unwise stuff but then they lived and then the next verse is why did God do this because he loved him so much and even more so I mean we're not just complaining a bit our whole lives end up being in rebellion we just do these dumb things that take us away from God and we get stung by our own sin it's not God who sins for us. We get bitten by things because we've done the wrong things. You know, we've now we get hurt by others as well. But the sin thing that is not in any way God's fault that we're rebelling against him. It hurts us and it hurts the ones who love us. And ultimately it leads us to death. But Jesus, even more so than the serpent, this thing that was called forth, this one who was called forth and anointed by God, God himself, actually, you know, when we worship, when we lift him up, it's for our good. Yeah, think about that with worship. Worshiping God. Have you, I was just talking about this yesterday. I was on an interview with um, a really cool interview. Someone named Duke LaMastra. I, real live talk. I, I will absolutely, I recommend that show to you, that podcast. But he, he lifted him up. Worship. You know, we get stuck in our own ways. We get stuck in our own thinking. And we sting ourselves. We bring the serpents on ourselves and it hurts. God didn't say that, that those bites didn't hurt. It didn't say that they didn't suffer a little bit. Because sometimes that happens. But they lived because they looked at that. So when we, even in worship, when we look to Jesus, when we stop looking around and complaining about our circumstances, um, and I mean, we all do it. But then when we take this time to just look at who Jesus is, I mean, the serpent was a shiny brass thing in the desert and the wilderness. But this, the glory of God, it elevates us and it saves us. And some people don't want to bow down, but the, the 
and bowing down to Jesus, we're elevating ourselves because we can't lift ourselves up. But God allows us to lift God up, to lift Christ up. And in lifting Christ up and lifting our eyes to even just recognizing where Christ is, that that makes us feel better. That gives us, looking to Christ, we give ourselves life. Jesus doesn't need our worship to be God or to be powerful or to be all-knowing. Jesus wants to partic- us to participate in the life. It's always for us. You know, anything we do for God, that's why we can't outgive God. It's always about us. And why is it? For God so loved the world. It's as simple as that. You know, as many words as I have, I'm sensing maybe there's someone out there today who just needs to remember. God loves you. You're not alone. God really loves you. You can look that. Look that in the eye. Look God in the eye. Look. Just think about that and be saved. Maybe it's a salvation from eternal damnation today. Maybe you never accepted Christ as your Savior. I'm just saying, just ask. Just ask him to show you what that means. God will bring people and verses in your life if you're hungry for it and if you're looking for it, you'll find it. Maybe it's just salvation from a really dumb habit or a really bad relationship. Look to Jesus. I don't know what your snake bite is today. But I'm saying because of God's love, you can look to Jesus and live. It's that simple. Let's pray. Lord, I'm, I thank you so much for the life of my friend. And I... I know you have wonderful, wonderful plans for her. And I pray that you continue to speak life and your love in her, that your love may heal and bring forth new life. Lord Jesus, I think she wants to serve you. I know you have plans for her. And Lord, I thank you for the life of my cousin, Bobby. And I know that death had no sting for him. It was a deliverance into your glory, God. Something I think he saw better than most of us in this life. Lord, I just speak life and I pray life and I pray your love into everyone. Um, Whether there's a physical issue or whether they need eternal hope or whether they're just feeling decayed and dying in their own bad mistakes and sins. Lord Jesus, just breathe life into us all today. May we see your love. May we recognize your glory. And may it elevate us because it always does when we do. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends.